Welcome to A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life, the accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. Hi there, I'm Jordan Rich with a pretty easy task and a fun one at that. I pose questions to Larry and with that razor sharp memory of his and a great talent for storytelling, well, you just have to settle back and enjoy the ride. Larry, I've known you for, well, going on 20 years or so. And when I first met you, you were a mere 72, 73 years old, a young pup. You're a few years older, it's 20 years later. And I marvel, and I'm your friend and I admire you, but I marvel at your energy and your enthusiasm. Share with us where that enthusiasm comes from and why the passion that you have for life seems to be embers glowing all the time. What's going on? Well, it's nice to hear you say that, Jordan. And um, there are certainly big differences uh, in my life in in terms of what I'm able to do physically and all the rest of it in those 20 years. But one thing that hasn't abated is my basic optimism and enthusiasm and feeling that you and, and the feeling that I should continue doing something that, you know, could turn out not to be anything that people notice in a big way, but just uh, keeps me going and keeps me satisfied. And reaching the point where if, it, if something big happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, so what? doesn't bother me. I'm just happy to have that energy level. Now, it's a little less. But like today, when I got up, I mean, 92 years old, you know, I got aches and pains. No, I don't have a lot of pain. But, I've, you know, there's peripheral neuropathy that I have. Yeah, the creakiness. I know what that feels like. It happens to all of us, either the best of us. Yeah, and I started off the day, you know, feeling sort of blah. But And I knew I was going to see you, and I didn't want to come here that way. And I had to stop off on an errand at the Brookline Court. And uh, what happened there— turned out to be very good. It wasn't a, a trial or anything like that, although I still do appear in court occasionally, not very often. And uh, I still could try a case, I suppose, but maybe not. Um, but when I went over there, uh, it got my the blood flowing, and by the time <laughs> I got here, I felt as though I was more or less myself. One of the things that uh, you and I have talked about in in the process of your work is your innate sense of curiosity. I believe that, for me, is what propels me every day, to want to know more, to learn more, to read more, to to just take in as much as I can. Does that hold true for you? Well, the title of my memoir tells it all. Um, It states my name. It states a life lived backwards for the reason that I think I'm more curious. I think all of these good things in my personality of come out even more in the later stages of my life. And it, it says, and I call it a, uh, the three words I use in the title are inquisitiveness. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, friendship. Mm-hmm. You and I know about that. Sure. And maturation. Now, um, I think I've matured over the years to the point where I have a, you know, a high level of self-confidence. And one thing and working on things that really command my attention, which is a gift. If you if you sit down and you're in your own world, 
trying to create something or do something, that's that's a gift that that makes life worthwhile. Um, I, you know, I think that, you know, my memory's not what it used to be. Uh, occasionally, uh, I say to myself, "Gee, you know," I mean, I had to give up the keys to drive my car because of uh, the lack of coordination that comes with uh, uh, with uh, the peripheral neuropathy. Even though I can still walk very well, but not for long distances. I mean, there are limitations of age, but I would say, in answer to your initial question, that um, even though uh, even though I'm not everything I ever was. Um, most of what I ever was, and in certain ways, maybe an improvement because, like, giving the clicker to my wife, I'm I'm not looking I'm not looking to fight with anybody. No, well, I think I I'll just relate. I'm a good thirty years younger than you are. Not a good thirty years younger. Thirty years younger, roughly. And uh, I'm coming into the point in my life where I am appreciating the gray hair of my beard. I've earned it. It's been hard fought and fun at the same time. And I have a comfort level that I admire people like you because you have this comfort level in the space you're in. You've done so much. You've affected so many people and you're still willing to go out there and have some fun and try to affect more. Well, I end every podcast note, as you know, with the expression people, always people. Mm -hmm. And... um, Listen, Jordan, you've been very big in my life, actually, because uh, introducing me to podcasts and, you know, the way we relate to one another. And, you know, you and you picked up on what I'm like. I mean, you, we're, we're different in certain ways. You're you're very laid back and I can be sort of, what was the word you used? Uh, edgy. <laughs> <laughs> did I or did Lois? Who came up with that? Well, no, I think I think you have a you have a, a fighter in you that is is all purpose for justice you know you're you're not a guy who just picks a fight for that any one reason but a good reason i think that's why you became a lawyer uh, probably and uh, i do like people i like to talk to them and i li- and i i think i do respect people you know as i told you i think before when people call me and and ask me to help like yesterday i had a very deep and close conversation with somebody who was is going through a time when she is having a love affair with a guy and she's very involved and uh, she hadn't really talked to anybody about it and she talked to me and uh, she came to tears. She says, I, I, I trust you, but I, I've not, I haven't told any of this to anybody else and I wonder if I'm making the right choices and stuff. And, I, and she's a very... Uh, good person. Well, you, I would say, as an outsider looking in, you've earned that noble. And I'm not just stroking you here, but you've earned that reputation as somebody that she could look up to and talk to and get that honest opinion and know that her story is safe with you too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think that, uh, and I think that she's approaching it from the. He, both of them. He's he's a very. Successful guy, and she she does very well. And um, I think that um, I think they're playing. Uh, I I think people in that situation always make uh, often make life decisions that come back to haunt them. You and I, well, you more than me a bit, have the uh, benefit of knowing 
and learning from our mistakes. It's one of the things about getting older uh, and you talk with kids and young people. I was once a young person, so were you, who thought, ah, I can handle anything you throw at me. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to sail through the... No, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to fall flat in your face and learn from your mistakes. That's a nice place to be at when you can be settled with that and understand why it, it had to happen that way. Yeah, as I say, I've lived my life backwards. I mean, I, there yeah. were things I've that I might have... There were things I did when I was younger that I that I don't think I would now. Um, and um, I was watching The Twilight Zone, which is the greatest anthology series ever, in my opinion. Love it. And there was one particular episode called Kick the Can. And it basically, this was in 1962, it basically featured an old age home, you know, where all the people were just sitting there waiting to die. And uh, one of the old guys wants to relive the magic of youth, so he sees kids playing kick the can outside the fence. And naturally, it's the Twilight Zone, so they finally convince, he finally convinces the rest of the people, except for one guy, to come out and play with him, and they turn into kids. All right, allegory, right, metaphor. They, they do what they do. They oh. turn into children, so their, their age fades away. So my question, or my observation is, you got to have fun at any age. Now, whether it's, in your case, it could be classical music. It could be going to a baseball game, having baseball arguments. What is the fun in your life? What do you find fun, playful? Well, I, I like to talk to, you know, I still have, fortunately, my close friends all the same age. Uh, well, put it this way, the, the close friends I have that are of my own age and who I've known for a long time, have not lost it. They're still fun. They're still your yeah, friends. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, there's a guy, Mel, that I've spoken of, Mel Gluskol, G-L-U-S-G-O-L, was a lawyer for many years. And we we talk uh, at least once a week, and we never run out of things to say. We t And we talk uh, a lot uh, in terms of time. Time just goes by very fast. And then there's the guy in California, uh, John Caulfield. I mean— they're all people who are really bright, still interested in life, just like I am. And naturally, they're fun to talk to because, you know, we share a common philosophy of how to live. And we are all having experiences that are ongoing. We're not sitting, you know, on a line in bed or sitting on a couch just looking out the window. So that uh, these are people that uh, are really uh, fun to talk to. Other than that, sure, I, I look for things like... Uh, like music, walking, uh, being out outdoors in uh, beautiful surroundings like the reservoir I told you. Lois and I walked around, the, sat there the other day looking at the water. and Nice. Romantic. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, also, uh, and, uh, you have a lot of joys in life. Um, and, um, I, you know, I still feel very much alive. I'm a little bit trepidatious. Is that a right word? That's I, a good word. Um, so that I think that... Um, I don't – I like my life so much that I want it to continue the way it is. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't find many people 92 and my and who will have been married 60 years in November still living in their own house and mm. doing – essentially doing everything you need to do for a house without help. Um, and it's great because Lois is a you know, great cook. Takes care of a lot of things, 
drove me here today. You know that. And quite the handsome woman. Oh, you know, very so. handsome woman, and uh, <laughs> she is. And um, I, so I'm saying to myself, how long can it go on? I mean, most people that send them, um, you know, uh, my my own doctor the other day said to me, well, maybe. It's a good time to think about going to an assisted living place because then you won't walk up and I'm afraid of a fall. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. A fall could end everything. So I'm in an up and down house. So the uh, doctor says, well, maybe it's time for assisted living. I said, well, you know, and he's a wonderful doctor. And I said to him, um, you know, I don't think so because I, as I wrote in my uh, memoir, my second best friend is the house we live in. Since 1969, mm. I just feel so comfortable there. I want to be there. It's just, it's private. It's ours. It's got a great yard. I mean, on and on. I said, I just would not want to do that. I'm just going to have to struggle up and down the stairs and hope that I don't fall down. Well, you make accommodations. You know, that's the nice thing about living in the present day. There are so many opportunities to to have a device or two to help or, to, you know, even for crying out loud, even my glasses are better than they were three years ago, you know. <laughs> so uh, I'm just tickled to hang out with you and people like you because, first of all, it's inspiring to me. But also it, it reminds me that uh, it's not the years in your life. It's the life in your years, as I think Abraham Lincoln once said. Well, let's put it this way. Um, if I, the longer I, and it has to, but even even if, to be together, well, Lois has a much greater life expectancy than I do. And so I'm very happy she's with me. And I'm very happy that she's so helpful. And uh, she's a good person. And I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to keep living the life we were living well, you have it. You have another twenty-year contract with me to do these podcasts. The studio is rented for the next twenty, so you can't go anywhere. <laughs> what was that joke uh, George Burns used to tell when he was ninety-eight years old? He said, uh, "My uh, my doctor told me to quit smoking and drinking martinis." Really, George? What happened? Uh, my doctor's dead. <laughs> Larry, you just keep on ticking like the ever ready battery bunny, and uh, we'll be very, very happy. So will I. Thank you, John. <laughs> this has been a life lived backwards, one man's life. The accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. You can subscribe and download this podcast, available on all podcast platforms. For information on Larry, his books, lectures, and much more, visit the website LarryRuttman.com. Also check out the extensive Larry Ruttman page on Wikipedia. This is Jordan Rich inviting you to join us again next time as Larry shares more stories about friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation on A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life.